Ladies in the Lead, and I'm your host, Joan Garner. Welcome to this week's episode, season two, episode two, with Miss Molly Mormon, who's from Manchester, Iowa. Molly and I have known each other for a few years now, and she has been one person that has um, just grown so much over the years. I love how she's been an exhibitor of cattle, she went to Iowa State for animal science, and now is back at her home farm, starting a small herd, but also has a small marketing business on the side. And I loved talking with her because she really, I think, emulates what it looks like after you get out of college and what's next. She's in the agricultural industry with her full-time career, but she wants to find a way back to the farm and see if there's room for her there to ultimately, you know, maybe look at that and pursue that. I loved that part of the conversation because I think there's a lot of us that aren't sure about the answers. We aren't sure about what's next and we aren't always sure about the next best thing for what we have in the future. Like what's our next five years look like? And and so I think it's just a really real conversation and I'm so glad we had it. You guys, I hope you enjoy listening to what Molly has to say about how she stocks shows. I can't thank you enough for being a part of the Ladies in the Lead community, and I can't wait to see you out on the road. You guys, here's this week's episode, Miss Molly Mormon. I'm your host, Joan Garner, and today I am with someone who I have been wanting to talk to since the conception of this idea. I mean, I've talked to her, but I wanted to put her on the podcast. Miss Molly Mormon, welcome. Thank you. I'm so glad to be a part of this. Okay, so I'm just going to put the story out there because some may not know, may not know this. So when I first had the idea of Ladies in the Lead, this was clear back in last January, and I had been messaging and da, da, da. I just knew I needed some help getting my marketing stuff going. And you were the first person I thought of. You were like the third person I think I told about this platform that you were the biggest cheerleader for me. And you were like, absolutely, I'm totally on board. And I just can't thank you enough for that because it just, it just gave back to me that little spark like I knew that I, I wanted to do that and I just needed that back from you so thank you for doing that she is uh, for those of you who have seen the logo she's the creator and helped me create the animals and the logo that we have for ladies in the leave and lead and so you see it on the sweatshirts you'll see it all over and well thank you and I'm so happy for you I think this is such a cool um, opportunity to showcase a lot of great women in yeah. you know all industries of the shocks stock show world and <laughs> yeah yeah it's, it's great we're in season two you're gonna be in season two episode two yes in season two, right? i know like season one just flew by i, know. I would agree it did flow by it's been really fun well we're sitting in your machine shed on the home farm mm-hmm. you live across the road who do we have windmills we are just, those on your property them. or uh, are those like the neighbors or who's are those? They, yes. So there's some on my parents' farm, not on my property. Um, and then quite a few of our neighbors as well. They just yeah. came in last fall. So kind of change of scenery, but they've been you, good for us get, so far. You just kind of get used to them? Yeah. I, you don't even I don't know. Notice they're them. just part of the natural I mean, like scenery now. Probably like 
how many would you say in this just like the last three miles around your house? How many? 10, 20? There's, yeah, just over 20. I'm not sure the exact number, but yeah, quite a few. Yeah, they came up fast. Mm -hmm. Yeah. They look good with your landscape, though. Yeah. They don't they really take good. away from it. Yeah. And we're sitting here on the whole place, and you got the sale runs going out there with the cattle out there. So tell me what's out there. Uh, a lot of good quality this year. So super excited. Um, the last couple of years, we've teamed up with Jackson Family Cattle, which are from up by Wacan. They're great mm -hmm. friends of ours that we've met, um, I guess, many, many years ago. I showed against their kids, or I guess not necessarily against, but with each other we go to a lot of yeah. shows and um so yeah they've kind of brought a few calves down the last couple of years and then i guess the rest of them are ours for the most part so yeah. and ours is you your dad and your brother yep yeah. yep so our families um yeah the cows are most of them are owned by my dad and my brother and this last year i've started my own very small herd but slowly but surely trying to build that up yeah well yeah, because you should cattle, right? Of for course. For people who don't know you, you live outside of Manchester. Mm -hmm. I mean, this is rural Manchester, I would say, southwest yep. side. Yep. Out in the country, probably what four or five miles, maybe. Yep. Out here on the family farm, you guys, did you grow up farming? I mean, is that what the family did? Give us a little history about how you grew up. Yeah. So my mom always worked off the farm, but my dad farmed full time um, and continues to this day. Row so crop and corn, cattle. corn, soybeans, and just a stock cow herd. Yeah. So. Nothing too crazy or interesting, I guess. We're pretty basic Iowa farm, but yeah. it's where I grew up and what I love. Yeah, so. and you have one brother. Yep. And so the two of you, I met you, gosh, we were thinking back about this, probably when you were a junior, maybe, senior. Yeah, probably like we 10, were, 12 years ago. Yeah, because James, my youngest, would have been in like his second or third year showing. And we were hitting the point circuit pretty hard, and you guys were out on the circuit pretty hard that year. And I just remember we were every show we were at you guys were at too and it was fun just to get to know you guys that way and you had a main steer I think yep something that year and we had an Angus and so we usually end up in the final drive together yeah, yeah. good I place know. to be <laughs> well that's where you want to be right? anyways <laughs> I know so you went to Iowa State yes and we're sitting here recording this in the middle of the Iowa Iowa State game and both of us are like ah! go Cyclones, go Cyclones. Yeah. I know okay what year did you graduate in 2019 2019. Yes. You've been out three years already? Yep. God, you're getting older. I, I am getting older. It's, <laughs> it's, it's you know, great, 25. 25, almost 26. So if you listen to any episode of this, you know I tell my age all the time, so I'm like not hiding it, but I'm just like, wow. And you always your major at state? Animal science. Yeah, I I was ag business, so it kind of hit both sides, mm -hmm. you know, a little bit of it, but animal science, oh, so he's so passionate. Like, what did you love about it? Um, mostly the people and just the agriculture. The community of it. Out, but yeah, the community of the egg. The people. Yeah. That's what I, I thought. Just the, yeah, yeah, the community. Just like when you get there, like you didn't have to explain it. Right? Yeah, it's like, a big school, but it feels small. And I found a really, really great close-knit group of friends. And we, most of us have an egg background um, and continue to work in agriculture still. So... We have just so many commonalities. We had a lot of fun in college. You know, we could we could party on Melchab. We could go to class together. We could go to a cattle show or go to yeah. something completely random to, with each other and always have a great time. So. Was it the plan to come back to the farm or was that just kind of how it happened to be? Uh, yes. I mean, it's always been my dream to come back home to the family farm and it still is. Um, we just 
don't necessarily have a large enough farm to include my dad, my brother, and me full-time. And so I do work out in the egg industry, love it, and will continue to do so for a while. But at the end of the day, my dream is still to come back home to the farm yeah. full-time someday. I think it's cool that even, you know, I would say, like, the conversation when I was in college really wasn't even there that, that I would be be interested in coming back to the farm. Mm-hmm. And it was always like to my oldest brother, and he always farmed, and I mean, it was he always wanted to come back, and I'm happy about that. But, I mean, I moved home, but, you know, the conversation to really join in. So it's really cool to me to think that that even, you know, you've always wanted to, and that's been a part of the conversation that's growing up. You have cows, it's incorporating into the herd, and now you're a part of it. So Yeah, I'm very thankful to have a, a family that's willing to support me you know, and whatever I want to do, if it's, yeah. if I want to leave the farm, go Maybe. for it. Yeah. But if I want to come back to the farm, they're very willing to include me and help me, you know, be successful here. Yeah, which is cool. All right. So the podcast is called Ladies in the Lead, She Stock Shows. And you know, if you listen at all, you know, I asked yes. this question. So she stock shows. So if somebody comes up to you and says, Molly, you stock show. What's that mean to you? Um, I think it really represents someone that carries themselves with integrity and confidence, um, but still trying to be very humble all at the same time, being respectful to people, being professional, you know, in and out of the show bar and the show ring, wherever you are um, in your personal and professional life. So would you call yourself within the industry, a showman, a producer, a marketer, a how would you identify yourself? Like, what what roles do you see yourself in in the industry? I used to be a showman. Um, obviously, you still show I, now? Have you shown in the no, last four or five years? I haven't. Did you show FFA or just 4-H and then 4-H H show? and FFA? And you did FFA. Once, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I would say I. Yeah. Of course, used to be a showman. Um, I'm kind of in that awkward stage of life. You know, I don't have enough cows to really be producing a lot of calves to throw out on our sale. I would like to say I'm a producer because I help out on the farm regularly yeah. and, you know, am helping contribute to, you know, those calves out and those runs out there. So, yeah, a little bit of everything, all of the above. Yeah, I know. And one of the cool things is you do have this marketing business. And I don't know if you call it a marketing business or what do you call your business? Well, it it's just kind of like something hobby? on the side. Yeah. yeah, it's just, you know, people that know I do it, they reach out and need a logo or a banner here and there. So I guess I haven't really marketed it too much. It's just all been word of mouth. Well, word of mouth, it's pretty good. Yeah, well, thanks. (laughs) I think that, you know, when I first came up with Ladies in the Lead, that was one of the things that I really wanted to highlight, that the business or stock show industry isn't just the women walking in the ring Mm -hmm. on the chain or behind the whip or holding that lamb. It's about the photographers that are taking these amazing pictures it's about marketing people who are designing these logos because if you you know if you have an amazing you know logo cover shot I mean something that really resonates I mean just think about how we'd all started 20 years ago with our favorite coat you know Mm -hmm. or the hat and now it's all about online marketing it's all about presenting them as animals it's all about those kind of things and I really wanted to include those people in the podcast Yes. So to think that you have experience in all of those things, that's really cool to me. Yeah. That's just really awesome. And I think I think a lot of people do. I think a lot of people have passion about photography and they start taking pictures, you know. Mm-hmm. They don't necessarily see themselves as a photographer in the industry, but they are. Who would you say was your biggest mentor growing up showing? Gosh, I've had so many great mentors that it's really hard to pick. Um 
I would say probably my brother, though. And, Why is that? Um, Wait, how much older is he than you? He's 11 years older than me. 11 years older than you? Yep. And so when I started, I've always shown ever since I could join 4-H. So um, you were eight, but really then. wasn't competitive until probably high school. Okay. And so I guess he was kind of the one that one day, he was like, we should go to a jackpot show. And, you know, at the time I didn't even know that a jackpot show existed. Yeah. And then all of a sudden we're running around every weekend and couldn't couldn't miss a show, it seemed yeah. like. So, were yeah, he showing? taught me a lot and met, introduced me to a lot of people, was the one who kind of made it fun for me in the beginning to so it take it with. more seriously. Yeah. Do, do you guys, did you show the ones you raised or did you go out and buy some? A little bit of both. Okay. Um, my more competitive cattle were all purchased mm-hmm. um usually took home race stuff to like the county fair but anything that i took beyond that so jackpot state fair um some of the majors those were all purchased and you showed delaware county mm-hmm. here yep yeah pretty competitive up here is it yeah and every year it gets Definitely. more and more competitive it's it's amazing it's great to see that because there's so many families that are really passionate about the the show industry and i think that's awesome that you know, parents are choosing to raise their kids in this industry. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. What's the biggest species up here in Delaware County? Is it hogs, sheep, cattle, goats? Uh, I would say cattle, yeah. Cattle? Really? They're all, I think they're all pretty steadily growing, though. That's good. I would have probably said hogs, hmm. I, but I haven't been to your fair in a while, mm-hmm. so I don't know. Your fair is about the exact same time as Cedar County Fair, so it's really hard for me to get up there. Like, second yeah. week of July-ish, yep. kind of that carryover time period, yeah. So, besides cattle, did you show anything other, of the four species, did you ever show any of the other ones? No, and that is one of my biggest regrets. Really, what would you have shown if you could have picked someone? I would have shown hogs, but I always thought it would be really, really cool to show a lamb. I don't know. You're tall. I know. I'm too tall for that. But no, you're, not, I, you're not too tall for it. But I'm just telling you. <laughs> when how, I was younger. How, your, how are your thighs? <laughs> Strong <laughs> thighs. I probably could use some work. <laughs> <laughs> it's, all the, right. it's all in the thighs. You yes. never did, you even helped, did you ever help anybody with it? Nope. Nope. Mm, always well. stuck to cattle. Good for you. I always think that's an interesting thought because, like, a lot of people like to try that other species, you know. Mm-hmm. But if you really were saying, you know, you didn't get competitive in high school and then cranked it up during high school years, it probably was like taking on another whole species, even though you had shown cattle such at an early age. Mm-hmm. You see what I like, kind of yep. see that? Yeah. Well, and I always kind of joked my last couple of years of 4 H, we had tossed around the idea of oh, maybe we should show up a pig this year. I'm like, nope, I spent way too much money buying a steer heifer that year. I had no money left over to buy a pig. So I kind of shoot myself in the foot. I wish I would have taken those opportunities while I had them right in front of me. But yeah. hindsight is 2020, and maybe my kids someday will want to try and venture out to or some other species. you could buy some now and start raising your own. I, and then turn around Yeah, own. I could do that too. You could that get might... some used or some donor hair sheep and then put some embryos in yeah. voila you'd be in the sheep industry that'd be a learning curve for me but it would be kind of cool <laughs> <laughs> if you're like whoa so one of the things i love to ask about uh, ladies that I interview is there's always something that cranks it up for you what was it you think that cranked it up was your brother coming and saying hey do you want to do this because you were showing county first years right going mm-hmm. to your county fair, living life pretty, you know, average, but something turned. What do you think it was? Um, so I would say that I'm a person that when I go out 
I'm the type of person that feeds off of other people's energy. So when I go out to a place and I see people are super excited, I'm very excited. And I think, you know, my brother asking me like, hey, let's go to a jackpot show and going to my first jackpot show. I'm like, wow, this is really cool. There's some really, really good quality cattle here. There's some really great people. Everybody's excited, happy to be here. You know, most people at a jackpot take it pretty seriously because they have very good quality animals. And the same thing at State Fair, wherever you're going. But I think that just seeing other people's energy and their support really got me excited and seeing like, oh, there's, you know, more opportunity to show other than once a year. Mm -hmm. Why not? Why not try it? Because I really wasn't into sports or any other extracurriculars. So showing cattle was kind of my thing. And I thought, well, heck, let's let's take it and run with it. Yeah. Just seeing it sometimes makes a difference. Mm-hmm. It's kind of where we like, I want to emulate it. Did yep. you really pick up on showmanship fast, or was that a gradual process for you? Because I remember you being a good showman. But, I mean, I don't know. Do you remember yourself? Do you identify yourself that I, way? I feel like I did, but uh, the people that were teaching me over the years maybe would say otherwise. But, yeah, I feel like <laughs> everybody always says that. I don't know. Yeah. I'm one that, like... You know, I want to present myself well, and I don't want to make a fool out of myself. So I feel like I did pick that up pretty fast. So that way, you know, I did a good job and presented my animal as best as I could. How many did you usually have for the season? Like two, four? Um, yeah, I think four was maybe max I ever had. But that was usually, like, just two of those would only go to county fair. And then two more would we'd run around all year with. So I know you went to state fair. I mean, that's, like, that's so home for all of us who in, mm-hmm. in the state of Iowa. Do you hit the other national shows that where you were out and about? Yeah, we went to Kansas City and Louisville. Um, oh, stop at Louisville, okay. I think Kansas City and Louisville were both a lot of fun for me, but Louisville, I don't know, that memory just sticks in my mind so much stronger than Kansas City. I don't know if it was because the steer that I showed that year or if it was just the whole experience, but I wish I would have gone there. I only showed there once. Yeah. I wish I would have gone again, but I didn't, so. Was that, I always like to ask you, tell me about your favorite steer that you showed. Was that the one you took to Louisville? Or favorite No, ever? it wasn't. I actually had a steer that same year that was my favorite. Um, His name was? He didn't have a name. I tried not to name my steers, so what? I'd always. <laughs> you just call him by the Just avoid him, be what? like, hey, buddy, or something, <laughs> you know. But no, I, my favorite steer, um, he was done, and then I had another steer that didn't think was as good, but we're like, well, let's keep him this fall and take him to Louisville, and he did pretty well. It's fun to take one down there. We, mm-hmm. we showed down there a couple times. We're taking lambs this year. It was I'm, fun. I mean, I've seen the lamb show down there, but it's really fun to go down there and to have you know a chance to be in that other ring and mm-hmm. go down there. And any show that was on your bucket list that you didn't get to? Um, I mean, it'd always be cool to show in Denver. But I've been there plenty of times, just never shown there. Um, And now that Oklahoma City has a show, it'd be cool to show down there, but that wasn't really an opportunity when I was a junior. Maybe I'll be one of those ladies someday that's showing a bull and be out there in the ring again. We'll see. When you look back and you're looking at yourself, I'm 25 now, and look back at yourself and you're 10, 12, what would you tell yourself back then that, you know, now what you know, what would you tell yourself back then as a good piece of advice? So the people that know me will probably be shocked to hear me say this because they know I'm chatty and love to talk to people. But when I was younger, I wish I wasn't so shy and reserved Mm -hmm. at the shows. Kind of would just go with my brother and 
kind of mind my own business, not really talk to people unless he introduced me and new friends from college or whatever. So I definitely wish I would have asked more questions and would have, you know, met more kids my age to make those friendships because I didn't really build those until later on in high school or even into college. And, you know, now that I see how important and grateful I am for the connections Mm -hmm. that I have made, I wish I would have done that sooner. Yeah. I think it's important. It's sometimes intimidating. You know, you go to a show, everybody's at their trailers, mm-hmm. you're trying to get the calf ready, you're trying to check in, and, you know, finding those people, finding that village to, you know, go and talk to and stuff. So that's a good piece of advice. I love that. Own it earlier and go out and find your way earlier. Yes. Yeah. Yep. I, know. I think, yeah, I just wish I was, yeah, more confident in not thinking, oh, I just have a silly question. People are going to think I'm, you know, silly for asking this. I wish I would have taken initiative. Yeah, just ask, put it out there. Yep. I think it can be intimidating. It can be very, I mean, people look like they know what they're doing. Yeah, right? <laughs> Don't they look like I think sometimes I look around and I'm like, oh, <laughs> they look like they know what they're doing. God, yep. maybe they should do that. I know. I think that's where, you you know, your brother was there to help you. And you being 11 years older had a lot of advice I'm sure for you to how to's and how to you know oh yes yeah but it's still good I'm, I'm glad you said that then I'm going to ask you the other way let's look okay you're 25 now let's say when you're 35 what do you what are your goals for the next five to ten years do you plan to stay in this industry do you I mean what do you see like what do you want to accomplish you think in the next five to ten years yeah I have a lot of goals but I think my biggest one would be to try and you know, find some ground or pasture in the area. That way I can keep expanding my cow herd um, or buy into what we already have. But that's that's scary thinking that far ahead. It's, <laughs> it's hard to know, you know, where I'll be. I plan to still be in the area. I know I will be. Uh-huh. But, yeah, just expand the cow herd and not just in numbers, but I guess improve in quality as well. So hopefully I can have some babies out here in the sale and something that... Mine's a big shelf someday. Cows, what? Uh, Mains, Angus, Simis, what do you got? We have a little bit of everything. Um, most of the cows are Maine influence, uh, a few random purebreds. I started my small herd, um, they're all purebred Simis. So, nice. kind of trying to try something different, I guess. Yeah. What did you breed to this year? Honestly, it was semen that I had left over from last year. I'm like, you know what? Just use it, throw yeah. it in, and call it good. I've been so busy with my house crap that I just didn't make breeding a priority this year when I should have. Yeah. So. It, it's, you yeah. know what, that's, that's life, right? right? Like that's, those are the things that happen. Sometimes mm-hmm. it's money, sometimes it's time, yep. sometimes it's, you're moved into a new house and your kitchen needs remodeled and you have got to put that first too. Yeah. So it's not, you know, oh, I didn't think about it. You thought about it before, yeah. and you just used it again. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. It's just leftover, so I'm like, you know what? We'll throw it in, then I'm not... Well, at least they're bred and ready to go. Yeah, and I didn't want to invest, you know, a ton of money in, you know, breeding my cows to, you know, six different semi-bulls or whatever, so... At least you're yeah. stuck and on the ground right? and ready now to I go. Now I can pick a new bull for next year. <laughs> <laughs> right. You can go out there. You can go to Oklahoma City. That's right. In January, and then you can pick out your whole new semi-tall bull you might want to choose. Mm-hmm. There's been a lot of good ones. Chapel Camp's got one out there. Change is coming. I saw that. Might be a good one. Yeah, it's it's tough to pick a good bull every year. That's for sure. I think you know, being in that Simital 
first of all, the heifers are phenomenal, but that steer thing's really cranking it up. You know, that, I think people are looking hard to try to find that Simital bull steer maker mm-hmm. that they can uh, really put out some of these really top notch. I mean, we had a national champion this year come yeah. out, of, out of Iowa, and, you know, Noonan's went on that division at State Fair with that steer, and I mean, it was tough. And it's fun to see those steers, you know, but I don't think there's been a Simital steer in the top five in a while, so... Yeah, maybe, well, maybe the Molly Mormon cow will be it. Yeah, maybe someday. Five years, not next year. <laughs> we'll see. Yeah, not like, next year, but <laughs> not next year. <laughs> well, that'd, be, that'd be great. Yeah, it could be. I mean, you never know. Yeah. Whatever you want to do with it, huh? Yeah, we'll see. I know. Would you say when you were growing, going through your stock show part, like your cattle and stuff, what was your edge that you gave yourself? Was it the way you fed? Was it the way you worked the cattle daily? Was it feed knowledge what do you think made a difference with your edge probably consistency Consistency. um i'm a very particular person and things have to be done exactly the way i want it to be done and the same way every single time so so tell me about your daily routine what did it look like um i'd get up feed and you know spend a half hour going doing something else um and then pull my calves in rinse them and then throw them in the cooler um I did have a job, you know, in the summer off the farm. So if I was home at lunchtime, I'd try and pull them out, blow them off again, work here. And then every evening we rinse, we'd rinse, uh, pull them out of the cooler, walk down the driveway quite a few times and then kick them out and feed. Yeah. Always at night, dark. Always at night. Yeah. Consistency is the one thing that everybody talks about, you know, that never miss a day, Mm -hmm. always there. I mean, these animals require that, you know. So when you said that, as that's your edge, that you're that consistent, I can see how that worked for you. Yeah. I see that. I still see that now, like, you know, in your work that you do. I mean, the way that your farm looks, the way that your cattle look, and the run. I mean, I can tell you guys are consistent with them, and they look very nice. I mean, they look good, and your house looks amazing, and your well, flowers you. are so cute and everything. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> I feel like, oh, good, because I've been working my butt off yeah. trying to get these things ready. Yeah. It's been a lot of work. It has been a lot of work. Tell me about the opportunities that you can see for women that are different now than they were when you first started showing. Do you see a difference? Since this platform's called Ladies in the Lead, and you've kind of been through it the last 15 years, does it look different now, or is it just because we're older and we know more and we see it different? Good question. Maybe a little bit of both. Yeah. Because when you went to college, would you say the ratio was half women, half men in the egg, or was it even pretty, more women? I would say pretty close. Yeah, half or maybe a little over women in the animal science department. But yeah, I, I think there's a lot of great opportunities and I... I know sometimes women feel like they are not, you know, given enough credit in the egg industry or the stock show industry, or they don't feel seen or are not treated yeah. equally. I guess I personally haven't had too many issues with that, but okay. I grew up with running around with guys. So I'm used to, you know, I can fire right back at them and kind of put people in their place. So I'm not, afraid to do that. not, not too worried yeah. about that. I think it's been really fun. I mean, just for myself, personally. I mean, I showed in the 80s. I know you weren't born yet then, honey, but I'm just saying. You know, and back then, 
it really was when there was a choice of who got the clippers or who were you know did the livestock it really was just a default mm-hmm. to say not that I didn't have an interest in the drive and women were doing it it just seemed like it was a default and then as I was a parent for 20 years in the industry with the kids you know, owning it myself and stepping through it and taking on the roles of purchaser and judge and clipper and fitter and barn manager and mm-hmm. not the stereotypical show mom. So you met me halfway through that. I had 10 years before that with my older children and then my son, my youngest one was that. And I am so glad that when you, I asked you that question, you're like, hmm, I don't know, I don't see it. Because that, to me, means that the industry has changed that much already. And I can't wait for the next 10 years mm-hmm. when we look back and go, oh, my gosh, how much further we've grown in it, how much further we've come on it. And I love it when people say there's no labels. You know, whoever fits the best fit, whoever breaks the cattle, whoever barn manages the best, let them be in charge of it. Or whoever wants to judge, we would judge as a photographer or whatever. So I'm so glad you answered that question like that because it warms my heart. It just warms my heart. Yeah. I think, you know, women too, like we need to kind of stand up and take initiative too. Just, and that's, like I said earlier, one thing I wish I would have told my 12 year old self is take initiative and, you know, step up to the plate when you're needed. Or even if you don't know how to do something, just jump in and try and do it. And that's probably something I still could do at 25 is jump into something I don't know how to do and learn it and figure out how to do it right. I'm telling you, I've learned more this last year. <laughs> this computer and I, we've gone round and round. Yeah, like I you. believe it. And I grew up in the time of computers. Oh, anyways, don't switch computers in your 50s. I'm just saying. <laughs> or prepare to Google a lot. <laughs> All right, so we always wrap up the podcast because it's already been like a half hour already. I, I love these things. Yeah. They just fly by. So we always end up the podcast with some fast, quick questions because... People love to get to know the real you. So the first thing we always ask is, what music do you play in the barn? A little bit of everything. So if you're in charge, is it country? Is it rock? Is it 80s rock? Is it thug? Is it country? Some rap. Um, some like early 2000s. Some Britney. Britney Spears. <laughs> nice. The good stuff. The good stuff. <laughs> the early years. That's good. So are you always in charge of the ox cord in the truck? And you're on the road or not? Uh, share it up. Yeah, I try to share. You're such a generous person that way. <laughs> All right. What do you wear to the barn for chores? Crocs, tennis shoes, boots. Do you go with the, what's the footwear? Old tennis shoes. Old tennis yeah. shoes. Yeah. Is that your toe stepped on? No? Yeah, but. Sucked it up, huh? Yeah. <laughs> you go with the, and then we always want to know, do you go with the homeless look? Were you pretty well jeans and what do you think? Definitely homeless. If you would have saw me about six hours ago, I guess yeah, longer than yeah. that, this morning after we rinsed all the sale calves, you would have seen my homeless look. <laughs> I think that should be like, you know on show day when we all come and we're like all put together and yep. blowing so nice, we all have our hair and makeup done and whatever, you know, or we have our, our nice jeans. Yep. <laughs> the, we should have the befores and afters. I'd be a little scary. All right. <laughs> Tell me your celebrity crush. Ooh. Gosh, I don't know. What do you mean you don't know? I'm just going to tell you that George Strait is already taken. That's fine. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you can like him, but you have no hope of ever marrying. Um, he's, he's a little short for me, but probably Cody Johnson. 
Did you see him in Coralville? Oh, I did. He was so good. I was there too. I was on the floor. <laughs> Me too. You were too. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I he was so good. Him and Ian Munsick, they'd both be my crush. Yes. Oh my gosh. I, that was the first time I'd seen Ian Munsick. And then I saw him again at State Fair at the open stage. Mm. I was on the floor for that show and in the Coralville in the arena. And I will say that I may have brought the average age up a little. <laughs> That's okay. That's a younger crowd. <laughs> I even felt old there too. What? You're only 25. There's all these that young old. kids running around. There was a lot. We made it through, but it was like last, is that February or March or something March, like that? March, yep. Remember, it was, it was cold. so fun. It was so good. We're going to end the podcast a good on pick. that. <laughs> good pick. <laughs> good pick. So I just want to thank you so much. We talked about this at State Fair because you were really like, I don't know, I don't see myself as one of these ladies in the lead or maybe whatever. And I have to tell you, when I look back, you were a face that I remember that imprinted on me, on my son when he was 10. You think you didn't reach out to people, but you smiled across the ring. You were always there. You always congratulated us when we walked out. I remember you and your brother, you know, being there together. But I remember you having that special edge, that person that was just like, yeah, she's got it. So I love seeing it in you now. Thank you so much for being a part of this and being a part of the creation of this. And she's going to work with me again, so we're going to do some more fun stuff. But, Molly, best of luck. Yes, thank you so in much. I'm excited. next 10 years, I can't wait to see it. And that's a wrap for another episode of Ladies in the Lead. I want to thank Austin Garner for being my producer. I'm your host, Joan Garner, and we can't wait to see you guys out on the road. Thanks for tuning in. Check us out on Spotify, Amazon Music, Apple Podcasts, and of course, check us out on Facebook at Joan Garner. We love to see you soon. Take care. Bye-bye.